you are a pilot for the United States Air Force. However, you have been given clearance over your career because you've been in the Air Force for, say, I don't know, 20 plus years, give or take, right? And again, it doesn't have to be American, but I'm just using that as an example. You've been privy to some very compartmentalized, top secret clearances and programs simply because you have had family in the past that has been in the military as well. You have quite a trustworthy uh, rapport or credibility, if you will. And so, you are a pilot for the Air Force publicly, right? According to the system and all that. But realistically, most of your income and most of your time, roughly I would say maybe 70, 80% of your time throughout the year is actually flying and testing for a very secret compartmentalized three-lettered agency or company, if you will, under contract to the CIA that does experiments for reverse engineering extraterrestrial craft. So you've signed all your NDAs. You're very familiar with with the extraterrestrial presence. You know, you know when you can and when you cannot ask questions and things like that so you are again a pilot just you tend to be very good at telepathically controlling some of these alien craft and in some cases you know implementing a little bit of alien maneuvers with some human elements that could be embedded into that of what lockheed martin and raytheon are working on relative to creating our own synergetic version of their craft if you will right according to ben rich don phillips you know boyd bushman you name it anyways the point is this you've interacted with some of these grays before and what have you this is nothing new to you all of a sudden, a handful of your, your colleagues that are you, you have known to become friends of yours, if you will, they're pilots as well, too. They're in the exact same program as you, so you are able to openly discuss certain, you know, events that you've encountered during your time out in the field, you know, experimenting with this craft and maneuvering it and flying it based on the orders from your superiors. Your friends and you, or your colleagues and your co-pilots, start a little bit of a game, let's call it, and they say, okay, for example... Let's see what happens when, if we take some, one of these craft to the moon, and this is actually, you're sanctioned to do this, you're allowed to do this, so you take this craft to the moon with your friends, and you end up realizing that you've flown over a handful of bases on the backside of the moon that belong to species that don't necessarily like humans. And so you think to yourself, why why have they not attacked us or anything like this? Well, for those that have watched the recent live stream pertaining to Project Beta, or if you are a member on Patreon, you'll know that we delved into this much, much more uh, vehemently and strongly pertaining to the alien war plans slash Project Beta document as analyzed by a particular individual by the name of Paul Benowitz. You'll notice that Mr. Benowitz in that particular document, and the live stream is public for, on this channel on YouTube for those that are watching here, to, if you'd like to check it out, you'll notice that even alien species coming to Earth have to abide by a certain set of unwritten rules that seem to be embedded within the phonetic esoteric element and apparatus relative to the ley lines and sort of energetic control grid that encompasses not just Earth, but the magnetic orbit of Earth. Meaning that when there are certain species that come in, they must tap into a centralized database that telepathically gives them permission to communicate with other species just to let them know they're there or else they will be met with force. Very similar to when, for example, a pilot is bringing a plane into an airport, right? You have to state who you are, where you're coming from, what type of plane you're flying, what you have on the craft or what you have on the plane and things like this. Now, before I jump into it, I just would like to say that we do have a Patreon. It does help support the show very strongly. Again, I would like to thank every single one of you, even for those that have not signed up for the for the Patreon, uh, simply because, you know, for personal reasons and all that, I fully get that, and I appreciate your support even watching this show. So thank you so very much. Now, today's episode is called The Intra Experiment, Summoning Captured Wormholes for Ionized AI cargo, artificial intelligence cargo. Now, we're going to be analyzing a couple of interesting videos in this episode, so let's jump right into it. But before we do that, 
let's take a look at this particular article right over here. This is published four years ago on May 3rd, 2017. TheMindUnleashed.com. Science validates working time machine model. Mathematically, it is possible. Okay. And I quote, people think of time travel as something as fiction, and we tend to think it's not possible because we don't actually do it, says theoretical physicist and mathematician Ben Tippett from the University of British Columbia in Canada. But mathematically, it is possible. End quote. The reason I want to bring this up, folks, is because this article, I would dare to say, it, you know, relative to the date that it came out, is quite early with respects to the dissemination of this sort of overall preparation and predictive. I, I don't want to use the term predictive programming because they're not really predicting anything. They're just reintroducing to our subconscious what we already seem to know from past lives relative to the Archon Soul Matrix and things like this. But ultimately, notice something here. The math, the theoretical physics in general, okay, is possible. Just like the film recently that came out by Christopher Nolan, the film Tenet, with uh, I think Robert Patterson is his name and uh, Denzel Washington's son. Very good film. But the science behind that film is in fact, it's factual. It's legitimate. It's just we, on the surface at least, do not have an apparatus or a method that would be able to, uh, you know, invert the entropy of an object. But anyways, let's take a look at this particular video right here. This is from Lieutenant Cur Colonel French, who recently, uh, who passed away a handful of years ago. But take a look at what he has to say. He spoke recently, uh, well, a handful of years ago, pr prior to his death, um, at the National Press Club, pertaining to extraterrestrials, UFOs, you name it. So let's watch. It's only about 45 seconds, give or take. Why are you coming out now? Or why? Well... Had I, in my belief, had yeah. I done this, say, five or six years ago, it might have cost me my life. Uh, but I, now, you know, I'm in my middle 80s. I don't, I don't think it'd be worth their while to bother with me. Uh -huh. So who else? And I think also uh, that it has reached a point where there are some people very, very high up that uh, want this uh, UFO program, you know, to go through. To be exposed. To be what? To be exposed. They wanted Certainly. to. Who who would you guess those people high up are? <laughs> if you can guess. If I can guess. Yeah. Well, I would guess that they are uh, in the people we refer to as aliens. Okay, so you see that right there? This is Lieutenant Colonel uh, French. Now, again, highly respected individual. The second he starts talking about extraterrestrials, people started to distance themselves from him. But basically, the point from that video there, if you would like, please play it back if you'd like to hear more clearly. They asked, why are you coming out now? Again, he's passed away now, but he had said at the time, I'm in my mid-80s. He goes, I feel, I felt like if I came forward even five years ago, it would have cost me my life. But he goes, I feel like the higher-ups really want this to get out. They really want it to come out. And then when asked who the higher-ups are or who, who he thinks the higher-ups are, he refers to extraterrestrials again if we take a take a look back previously at again members will see on our let's get banned we analyzed and the public will see in a couple weeks from the time i'm recording this we analyzed some of the shape-shifting mothership images using quantum radars and other things pertaining to that of what was been released from the dia the defense intelligence agency and just today as of the day i'm recording this the fbi all of a sudden is tweeting and making posts on their facebook and things like this about ufos they're saying let's talk ufos and they're now giving a more uh accessible directory on their website to the archives pertaining to ufos i mean ultimately you we have to see what's going on here folks now the reason i bring this up is because what's happening is there are more and more ionized air pockets okay this is not necessarily a bad thing but it's so more so the purpose in which they're being used for there are more and more ionized air pockets around the globe in which are occurring relative to ley lines that are geometrically parallel to some of these extraterrestrial bases but only the repair bases why it seems like again according to some individuals working for the dia working for nasa and 
many other uh, many other institutions. There are extraterrestrials dumping cargo only in the ionized air pockets. The question then becomes what type of cargo? How are they getting here so quickly? They are using wormholes relative to the distance of the ionized air pockets. Now, how do we know this? Let's go back to that article from four years ago, and I quote, The trick to using a real-life time machine, they say, is to use the curvature of the space-time continuum. This circular bend hypothetically allows for a person to skip into their future or into their past. Okay, in a paper titled Traversable um, Causal, excuse me, Retrograde Domains in Space-Time, physicists Benjamin K. Tippett and David K. Sang attempt to describe, describe in layperson's term or layman's terms exactly how time travel works. And I quote, if certain time-like observers inside the bubble maintain a persistent acceleration, their world lines will close. The inclusion of such a bubble in a space-time will render the background space-time non-orientable, generating additional consistency constraints for formulations of the initial value problem. The space-time geometry is geodesically incomplete, contains naked singularities, and requires exotic matter, end quote. Notice something, the space-time geometry. I thought that they've been saying in the public academia of STEM for the past 70 years or so. Again, notice how 70, it's, it, the public academia has been teaching us false history and false or, you know, loopholed mathematics or gaping mathematics and physics relative to what's been going on on the surface 70 for the past 70 to 80 years notice how that sort of revolves around the roswell crash so to speak not to say the roswell crash was the first crash that sort of introduced humans to ets not even close the point i'm trying to make here is this right over here the space-time geometry i thought by the way like i said they've been teaching us in school I thought the pyramids were nothing. No, don't worry about it. We haven't figured it out yet. No, those those pyramids that just went up at Area 51, by the way, which you can see on Google Earth. No, don't worry about it. Screw it. Screw it, right? Now, I'd like to thank my friend, a very good friend of the show, Riel, for this. Thank you so much, brother. Specintel.com. This really put the icing on the cake, in my humble opinion. Mars mineral rights secured by Dr. Joseph Resnick, Lieutenant Colonel Tif uh, Timothy R. O'Neill, PhD, U.S. Army retired, and Guy Kramer. Dr. Resnick, and I quote, former NASA scientist and current consultant to NASA states, space law does not allow countries to have land ownership on planets and moons in the solar system, but it does allow for the mineral rights to be obtained by individuals and companies. The countries party to the Space Treat Act, uh, a Treaty Act have agreed that none of them has neither jurisdiction nor ownership of any extraterrestrial body nor samples. Dr. Resnick found the loophole in space law 25 years ago that allowed him ownership of all planetary bodies outside the third planet from the sun. Submitted this to the World Court at The Hague and to the United Nations in New York City. Members, by the way, before I go on, notice New York City again. For those that are members, you'll know this reoccurring theme. In 25 plus years, no one has ever disputed Dr. Resnick's claimed ownership. Dr. Resnick was structuring the Universal Mineral Leases Registry, the UMLR, when his partner Guy Kramer had read the article on the Mars Parks proposal by a group of predominant scientists and discussed the ability with Dr. Resnick and O'Neill to implement the idea into reality through the UMLR. Okay, and I quote, the North American team issued this statement. We support the effort to protect these Martian areas and by virtue of ownership via the Universal, Universal Mineral Leases Registry, we are designating the areas as preserves. Okay, the, this effort constitutes the first of a kind extraterrestrial nature preserved, end quote. Now, here's what's, this is when it's going to get a little bit left field for some and maybe not for others. The secret space program, okay, and we're going to be putting up some footage right now relative to the motherships that have been seen close to the sun that have been consistent via, you know, ancient human history, you know, again, based on the drawings and scriptures and cave drawings and what have you. The point is this, that was a loophole that was found for the ICC as rumors of instinct currently now is named as beyond top secret Texan. The ICC, the interplanetary corporate conglomerates can actually go and mine. However, they do not own actual property and that's understandable 
understandable because again you have also other extraterrestrial species that are observing our different forms of mining and what have you relative to the inter uh, interplanetary corporate conglomerates or the interstellar corporate conglomerates that again are abiding by the very fine line rules of lying to their people lying to the masses you and I on this planet while mining for minerals on Mars on the moon you name it and we this has been going on for years and it's good that we're waking up to this but it's only just happening now let's take a look at this right here latest-ufo-sightings.net clearest ever alien footage stuns ufo researchers now take a look at this particular screenshot right here from seemingly an interdimensional being if you will whether paranormal or extraterrestrial is not for me to say the point i'm trying to make here is this there are more and more sightings relative to the amount of cargo again i don't know what's in this cargo but this cargo that is being dumped from these motherships okay pertaining to the sub uh, the, the subatomic holographic substrates that are created around the vicinity of these ley lines perpendicular to the geometric structures all around the planet seem to inhabit some type of artificial intelligence of sorts why because the ionized air pockets seem to be giving life to some type of interdimensional being and the question is this are the cargo interdimensional beings that are sort of they sort of have a off button at this moment but they could be sleeper cells this is i'm not trying to fear monger this could be a good thing in a way energetic sleeper cells that get activated at the appropriate time Okay, relative to what, what the plan is here on Earth. But let's take a look at this right over here. Unknownboundaries.com. Look at this. Strange alien creature hovers over pools, sucking energy from water. Let's take a look at this video right here, folks. So we're going to start the video at about 53 seconds here. Looks almost like a saucer-shaped object, excuse me, then take a look at how it shifts. It seems to be extracting energy from the water. Again, consistent with the Project Beta document, con uh, uh, consistent with so many other wh uh, whistleblowers. And again, you know, for example, Project um, uh, Starfish Prime, if I'm not mistaken, we see this over and over and over again. I'm going to jump to a minute 51 seconds here. We're going to see again how it's using water for energy. This is, I'm not trying to fear monger. It's not a bad thing per se. Now, this directly corresponds to that of the esoteric subatomic imprints that are placed and merged within that of the biological world and the spiritual world perpendicular and parallel to the machine elves that seem to enter into this world when needed. Now, let's take a look at another piece of footage from Gettysburg, all right? And the reason I say this is because this seems to be more of a paranormal aspect, but again, the air pockets around Gettysburg in the UK are very clean and ionized. Is that a coincidence? Who are we going to ask that question to? Who's going to, which, which institution, which, you know, who do we call 911, the police to ask if the, if the air pockets are ionized? This is the other thing as well, too. How are we going to, you know, put together a collective database, if you will, if no one's willing to come forward to do this? Now, take a look at this right here before we look at the video. Gizmodo.com. Witness claims there were actually two UFO crashes at Roswell in 1947. Interestingly enough, again, former UFO debunker, Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Richard French, again, the same uh, Lieutenant Colonel French that we saw in that video a few minutes ago, has gone public with a story that the U.S. government knows there are ETs and has been covering it up since the notorious Roswell crash. In fact, French claims that the Roswell incident actually involved two UFO crashes. He says there were actually two crashes at Roswell, which most people don't know. French told the Huffington Post, the first one was shot down by an experimental U.S. airplane that was flying out of White Sands, New Mexico, and it shot what was effectively an electronic pulse-type weapon that disabled and took away all the controls of the UFO, and that's why it's crashed. When they hit it, when, that's why it crashed. When they hit it with that electromagnetic pulse, bingo, there goes all their electronics, and consequentially, the UFO was uncontrollable, all right?
in an end quote. So you might be saying, how did they have reverse engineered alien tech or what have you before Roswell? I thought Roswell was the starting point. Well, let's think about what the allies, okay? The, uh, the UK, the Americans, right? The French, you name it. What did they find after Hitler quote unquote died or escaped, if you will? What did they find in those mountains that Hitler had delegated the same individual soldier? I forgot his name off the top of my head. Please forgive me. Uh, pertaining to, again, that soldier or his lieutenant saying, we built another uh, uh, indestructible uh, fortress for the Fuhrer relative to that of Shangri-La. Don't quote me exactly, but that's what one of Hitler's lieutenants said. What, what, what fortress was that? The bunker? The bunker in Berlin? Are you kidding me? The point I'm trying to make here is the Allies took over a lot of the extraterrestrial technology because the Vril Society back in the mid-30s actually helped communicate with Hitler and the Nazis to an extraterrestrial species that came to Earth that made deals with, with Hitler. And so again, these ETs, certain species of them, just went along to whichever human domination uh, apparatus or hierarchy was in control. Because again, why ruin the social experiment? I know it sounds a little bit crazy, if you will, but even those that like us or don't like us, there's a lot of interest for these beings to continue to have us to be a social experiment. Anyways, that's why we could argue very strongly that the Roswell crash is what caused this plasma beam weapon is what caused that now some proposed the roswell crash was russian you know disinform uh, excuse me russian psyop and things like this hard to say hard to say anyways let's take a look at this particular uh, video right here only about 25 seconds this was filmed in gettysburg in the uk look at that right there you see that it seems to be whether interdimensional paranormal or one in the same based on what we're seeing here again look at that you see that right there folks seems to be maybe definitely one but there even seems to be a second one that jumps off of the, the the that brick platform it seems like and joins the the one on the ground anyways very very interesting um but the, the reason i bring that up is because the activity is surging it is increasing based on the artificial intelligence cargo in in addition to again perpendicular to the ionized air pockets in addition to infinityexplorers.com the mysterious disappearances at mount shasta alien base or inner earth civilization i would dare to say both it is believed that david uh, polides or paul excuse me at uh, david polides and i quote a research writer who became perplexed by the strange disappearances of people in the u.s looked into this matter as well he has published books uh, several books that narrate the sudden and enigmatic disappearances of humans. Books written by Polites are dedicated to the people who disappear into the forests of the United States under extremely strange and unusual, if not mystical, circumstances. Again, having to do with the missing 411 cases, having to do with, again, things that we discuss on Patreon for multiple different reasons that never get reported to any official institution or agency, if you will. Now, take a look at this right here. Shasta is steeped in legends and mysteries and is worshipped by the natives of California. The mountain is idolized by new Americans and spiritually advanced personalities from all over the world are drawn towards it. The commune re uh, residing in the mountain consists of representatives of the most diverse religious trends, spiritual societies, sects, and brotherhoods. End quote. Now, again, there's presence of mysterious figures in Mount Shasta. Again, notice similar to that of what we saw in the footage pertaining to Gettysburg or that type of interdimensional apparatus extracting energy from water from that pool. I bring this up because if we jump to how and wise.com metal library of ecuador ancient astronauts time capsule with detailed instructions to mankind and i quote a legend of metallic library is one of the few ancient mysteries that attracted the most renowned people such as neil armstrong to unravel it it is believed that among with the lost gold strange sculptures and an artificial tunnel the library is hidden underground in the jungle of ecuador others believe that it could hold the information of atlanteans or representatives of other ancient civilizations unknown to us Okay, and I quote, in his book, The Go uh, Gold of the Gods, Eric Von Daniken told of a meeting with the old priest in Cuenca, Ecuador, who had a fabulous collection of ancient gold artifacts. He also talked about visiting a cave containing a metallic library and more gold with Juan Mor Morix, the cave's discoverer, end quote. Now, 
We see here that in 1965, Juan Morix, with the help of local Indians, discovered a huge underground network of tunnels of Cueva de los Tallos and an ancient library that consisted of thousands of books made of thin metal plates, okay, covered with strange, unfamiliar symbols. This is where it gets interesting. We can tie in so many different things here. Warner Von Braun, Yuri Geller, having that, that meeting that is now being that is now uh, come forward to be confirmed, essentially. We now have people like Yuri Geller being willing to speak uh, speak publicly. But again, the point I'm trying to make here is that the overall narrative of, dis uh, narrative of disclosure is coming. But notice these strange metallic and unfamiliar symbols with books made of thin metal plates. Does that not seem like the same metal that Jacques Vallée described about Roswell? Or uh, Lieutenant Mar Colonel Marcel, excuse me, also described about lifting up the craft at Roswell, the alien craft, about how it was so large, it was about 50 feet in diameter, if I'm not mistaken, but they could just lift it with one little hand, like nothing. You see, the consistencies are there, folks. This type of metal is reoccurring over and over again, hence the title of the episode, the intra-experiment, intra referring to, again, the different types of uh, metals or products in the making, right? That's why in, 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 in corporate, uh, in commercial corporations, they refer to products in the making as intra-products or intra-metals. So, these type of metals activate and cleanse the ionized air pockets that use wormholes to come in and out and drop this artificial intelligence cargo. Could this cargo be the black goo? It's very possible that it could be. Again, not only to observe, but to curate the energetic formulations of the way in which the simulation we live in relative to the, sadly, Archon Soul Matrix is perplexing and surrounding us, if you will. Now, take a look at this right over here. Down the chupacabrahole.com, I think we just recently checked this out in a recent public episode if i'm not mistaken space-time portals manufactured by physicists opened a doorway for interdimensional entities all right they know exactly what they're doing at cern folks look at this right here strangeoutdoors.com the disturbing and bizarre disappearances on auckland's west coast beaches new zealand Paiha beach or pia beach new zealand beach disappearance since 1992 look at this people have vanished from the same small corner of auckland's west coast look at that and people they, and, and, and quote and i people can't even explain it because there is no explanation. Now look at this. Singular14.com. Unidentified flying square metal objects filmed over Springfield, Missouri. Again, this could be anything, but the point I'm trying to make here ultimately is that we see these objects getting these objects getting closer to us, but we also see these objects seemingly dropping, if you will, or disseminating from their craft some type of energetic apparatus that disappears into the air. But again, that's only relative to our optical uh, preference of visualization, only what our eyes can see. That doesn't mean that other species can or cannot see. At the same time, what's happening here is if we look at phys.org, innovative chip resolves quantum headache. Quantum physicists at the University of Copenhagen are reporting an inter international achievement for Denmark in the field of quantum technology, end quote. Again, not trying to make a, a, a proposal or conspiracy where there isn't one, but again in Denmark. Notice that, folks, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, where a lot of the alleged good or more positively oriented beings, extraterrestrials that are trying to help humans survive and break free of the traps in which we're in, seem to allegedly reside in. Not only that, but it seems like, again, every time there are more and more motherships that come to drop off this type of AI cargo that seems to be, you know, again, speculative around the UFO community and others that are that have, you know, claimed off the record and in, in some cases, somewhat on the record, okay? Just like Dr. Eric Davis said about how they can't quantify this in a legislative way in terms of that of the law relative to not just the America, but the planet, because there's just so much, you know, interdimensional esoterics, uh, I guess you could say missions going on. Every single time, large amounts of AI cargo seem to be dropped in via wormholes close to or right above or right into or on or in ionized air pockets perpendicular to geometric ley lines and things like this. All of a sudden, there's articles coming out about innovative chip designs about how quantum computing is getting better and better. Do you see how all of a sudden the mainstream media has moved off the narrative of quantum computing takes up too much energy? I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying, do you notice the shift? 
Do you notice the shift of the narrative in which is constantly changing and adjusting? Case in point, right over here. Tom'sHardware.com. Again, not exactly a place. This came out just two days ago as of the time I'm recording this, this article. Not exactly a place, not exactly the New York Times, let's say, right? Because again, they don't want people putting two and two together. Tom'sHardware.com. Intel ups Aurora's performance to two exaflops, engages in Zetaflops race. Intel's Ponte Vecchio performs better than expected. Okay, now, end quote. Notice something that occurred on October 28th. The release or the alleged leak of, again, motherships spawning smaller craft, holographic substrates, dumping cargo into ionized air pockets via wormholes that they're jumping to and from back and forth. Just like that 2017 article said is possible in theory. You see what I'm saying here, folks? There is a constant... I guess you could say battle, if you will, between the different elements and factions at an esoteric level that is creating this activity of the videos we watched earlier relative to the energetic and paranormal videos to spike even more. Something is coming very soon, and I hate to sound overly vague when I say that, but there is clearly a form of a disseminative esoteric, I guess you could say conjunction, that is bringing together what we're seeing here. So let me know what you think, folks, and we'll catch you very, very soon. Cheers.